0: Well, good morning to all of you podcasters out there, and a special good morning to my Christchurch family here in southwest Louisiana. You are listening to the Wisdom for All of Life podcast. I'm Brandon Neely, and as I mentioned, this is a part of my teaching ministry at Christ Church of Acadiana. And right now, as we're going through the Proverbs, our proverb for this morning is 21 verse 20. Proverbs 21 verse 20. Precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. Once again, just so you can hear it clearly, precious treasure and oil, that's right, treasure and oil are in a wise man's house, but a foolish man devours it. The bottom line here is that the wise save so that their net worth increases monthly and annually over time. Their net worth is increasing, and they have what um, would be considered great treasure to the ancients. They have oil, and they have savings, and they have an ever-increasing net worth. Treasure and oil in the house of the wise. While the fool consumes his entire income, and even goes beyond that to enslaving himself with debt. The text tells us that the fool devours his income every month, uh, every time he gets a paycheck, And this implies that he doesn't count it up. He doesn't exercise dominion over it. It dominates him. He doesn't budget it or allocate it properly and set some of it aside aside for saving and accumulation. Rather, he eats it all up. The glutton and the drunkard, Solomon tells us, will find himself in poverty. Why? Because they're eating their savings, literally and figuratively. Now, these proverbs... You've got to understand this about the literary genre of the Proverbs. They're generalizations. They're truisms. And this isn't absolutely true in every circumstance. There are evil and foolish men who have treasure and oil in their homes, and there are wise people who come upon hard times. You have to consider the um, tragedy to income ratio, so to speak. But generally speaking, the fool lives paycheck to paycheck while the wise uses his income month in and month out to increase his financial net worth so that poetically his home is filled with treasures and oil this means in addition that the wise lives well beneath his means how can he save up anything how can he increase his financial net worth if he's if he's not living beneath his means He doesn't get entangled in debt for anything at all. He doesn't buy outside of his means. He's frugal and thrifty and wise in all of his financial ways. Think of it this way. The Lord gives us all resources. He gives us time. He gives us money. He gives us talents. He gives us gifts and opportunities. He gives us leverage and connections and privilege and power. To some, this is how the parable goes, to some he gives one bag of gold, per se, and to others he gives five, and to others he gives ten. He gives all of us various privileges, and he gives all of us certain resources and gifts, and we are to make a profit on them, to increase upon that which the Lord has given us, including our money, especially our money. The wise increases it, and the fool gobbles it up. Now, To whom will the Lord entrust more? To the wise or to the fool who's going to gobble it all up? To the wise who is a conduit or to the fool who is simply a dead-end street? All that the Lord gives him goes to him and dies there. Most church folk, honestly most Christians, we don't know exactly how much money we make. You know, that might be hard to believe, and of course, that's not true of everyone, but it is very true of many. If you ask them, they might not even be able to tell you how much they make. Now, how can we steward the resources of the Lord if we can't count it? We've got to know the math. We must know the math if we're going to be faithful stewards. On top of this, many Christians use the power of the false gods of visa and mastercard if you will, or or banks and various um creditors to bring them the treasures and the oil that they that they are craving. But what they don't realize is that those false gods who seem to be so powerful and able to deliver so much so quickly, right at your beck and call instant gratification, treasures and oil on demand these These false gods are slowly slipping their shackles around your neck. Banks and powerful and evil men, use your covetousness and lust to entice you to slavery. They promise you the promised land, but in the end, you're just headed right back to Egypt. Make some bricks without straw. But the Lord, the Lord would set you free. And, and don't forget this, salvation is freedom. It is liberation. And that means liberation in every area of life, including economic liberty. If the Lord is going to set you free, he will set you free indeed. Be patient. Be wise. Follow his, his statutes. And the, and the oil and the treasure, all things considered, will come in time. Let's add a little bit more here to this before we close out, because you don't get to oil and treasure by just living beneath your means. There's a little bit more to it than that. You must do all that Jesus says regarding finances you have to trust him in every way. Here's a little brief list of all the things or at least a pretty conclusive list of what Jesus tells us to do with our income. First, we're supposed to save some like the ant to prepare for future difficulties, to prepare in the summer for the winter time. You never know who might depend on you in the future. You never know what opportunities might pop up in the future. You don't want to throw yourself as a burden on others, so save while times are good. Also, Invest some of that income. Turn a profit on it. Don't bury it in the ground, as the faithless servant did in Jesus' famous parable of the talents. Don't bury it in the ground, and don't bury it in your mattress. You know, Practically speaking, it's going to turn to nothing if you do that, on account of inflation. But also, this isn't why the Lord gave it to you. He gave it to you to use it, to use it according to His statutes. Save some of it. Invest some of it. Spend some of it on provisions. You see, the sphere of the household, what we might call family, but family expanded into, into the biblical understanding of family, the household is resourced by God through income. That income primarily comes through work. So take care of your family. Don't begrudge this joyful duty of being a provider and a worker. A man who doesn't provide for his family is worse than a pagan, says the Bible, and he's abandoned his family, and more than likely they're going to abandon him back. So spend some of the money that you make from your hard work as a gift from the Lord on provision for your family. But also enjoy some of it. Our Lord is a God of beauty and wealth and abundance and color and music. Enjoy some of what He gives you. You have no reason to feel guilty about this. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills, and His income is limitless. If you're being faithful to all that He has called you to do, then when you can, and this properly allocated within moderation, of course, and not in any idolatrous manner, enjoy some of it. Have some of that treasure and that oil. But before you do any of this, be sure to honor the Lord with the first fruits of your income. That's a clear command from wise Solomon and from our Lord in Proverbs 3.9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits. That's the t- first 10% of your income. And in so doing, you can expect the Lord's abundance. You really can, generally speaking, all things considered, depending, of course, on that income-to-tragedy ratio, because we're going to suffer some things, of course. But generally speaking, you can expect a measure of abundance in your life if you're following Jesus. It's not a mechanistic prosperity gospel sort of thing. It's covenantal faithfulness to the Lord, who's even more faithful to His covenant promises than you are. Test him and see if he won't open up the storehouses of heaven. And then, even beyond the saving and the investing and the providing and the enjoying and the tithing, beyond this, when you have all your needs met, your tithing and your saving, there's going to be one day when even more money is left over. You're living content, you're living the good life, and then there's going to be some needs that arise in your church or in your life. There you are with money, money to meet that need there on the spot for such a time as that. Give that free will offering in that case. This is the wise. This is what the wise and good life looks like. This is what the Lord commands us to do with our incomes. Now, the world is going to condemn the wealthy, If you've got treasure and oil in your house, you know, just get ready for it. They look upon the oil and the treasure in the wise man's house and they envy it. They hate the wealthy man. They hate the wise man. And they hate him on account of it, on account of his treasure and his oil. And they judge him to be an oppressor and an evil man. In the world, listen, in this world, only the government is allowed to have a lot of money. Now, think about that for a little while. Anyone else with lots of money must be evil, right? But not in Scripture. In Scripture, the wise very often become wealthy because they're being faithfully covenanted to their Lord, obeying Him, trusting Him, following Him. The Lord blesses their endeavors, and they show themselves faithful in little, and He gives them a little bit more. So, just to recap, in the house of the wise, there are choice treasures of oil, There's abundance. There is no need to be anxious about um, where we're going to get our next meal or how how we're going to take care of certain things because the Lord has got us. He is taking care of us. But for the fool, he's greedy gobbling up everything that he has. Let's turn to the scriptures. Let's turn to the word that the Lord has given us to know precisely how to spend every single dollar that we've been given. Give it a name. Give it a job. Hold it accountable. Exercise dominion over that budget. And I do believe, based on the testimony of scripture, that the Lord will be faithful to you. This has been another episode of the Wisdom for All of Life, including your financial life. I am Brandon Neely, and as always, if the Lord has called you to it, and we have talked about a lot that He's called us to, some things that we can joyfully follow and joyfully expect some reward from. If He's called us to it, He'll equip us, that's right, He'll keep that storehouse full and and fill up our barns with seed for more and more and more sowing. He'll equip us, he'll protect us, and he'll bless us along the way. We have a great life, don't we, under the faithfulness of our covenantal Lord Jesus Christ. Let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy the treasures, let's enjoy the oil, and let's walk with him faithfully for the rest of our lives. Have a great day.